Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, February, no, March 5th, and the Bruins are back in action tonight at TD Garden against the Washington Capitals, attempting to avenge a 2-1 shootout loss suffered against the very same Washington team on Wednesday. Today on the program, we'll tee up that game real quick, but I'm going to also be joined by Scott McLaughlin, a senior content producer at WEEI, uh, catching up with him just to get his take on the Bruins so far and to discuss uh, what we can expect moving forward as we move into uh, trade deadline talk and, and stuff like that. So it'll be great to catch up here with Scott in a moment. Before we get into all that, let me remind you the podcast is, of course, widely available. So whatever podcast app you use, please search Locked on Boston Bruins, hit that subscribe button, Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, particularly if you're an Apple user, that would be very much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, you can find the podcast at LO Boston Bruins. On Instagram, it's Locked on Bruins. You can find me on both platforms at ENC McLaren. For those who may be new to the program, lifelong Bruins fan, Been writing about hockey for about 16 years now. Worked full-time for The Score up here in Toronto as a news editor covering hockey. And also, yeah, have been writing for SB Nation or had been covering some junior hockey prospects. The OHL and primarily players that came through with the Guelph Storm, which is where I live, uh, about an hour west of Toronto. So yeah, follow me at ENC McLaren for some hockey tweets and dad jokes. Like I mentioned, Bruins back in action tonight against the Washington Capitals. Doesn't look like there will be any changes to the lineup from the other night. The defense pairings will remain the same. Uh, Jared Tenorti and Connor Clifton will remain the third pair with um, Grizzlick, Carlo, uh, Zboril, McAvoy rounding out the six defensive skaters. Uh, Charlie Coyle remains in COVID-19 protocol. He did not partake in the morning skate and will be unavailable once again. So we'll see Jack Stanika, the third line center, uh, with Trent Frederick and Jake DeBrusque on his wings. Uh, And then on the fourth line, Bjork, Corrali, Wagner. Second line, Coyle, Smith, Ritchie, and the top line, which I'm calling now the Selk three line. Uh, as all three players are so good at both ends of the ice. Yaroslav Halak will get the start in net, and you can expect Tuka Rask to be back between the pipes on Sunday when the Bruins take on the New Jersey Devils. On Monday's podcast, we will, of course, uh, recap both of these weekend games and kind of assess where the Bruins are heading into yet another few games against New York teams. And we all remember how two of those three games went uh, just last week. So let's get through this weekend first before we go on to that. Like I mentioned off the top, 
going to be joined here on the podcast today by senior content producer for WEEI, Scott McLaughlin. I've been following Scott on Twitter for quite some time. Really enjoy his Bruins coverage. Uh, some good, rational, logical takes, uh, which is, you know, not something to take for granted uh, when you are on hockey Twitter. And uh, it was great to, yeah, meet up with him and chat here about the Boston Bruins. If you heard some music there in the background, uh, don't fret. It was just a goat simulator that my kid had downloaded on my computer that I had um, opened up by accident there. Before I get to my chat with Scott, let's talk for a moment about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the best place for all your sports action. The fastest and easiest way to place your bets. Football might be over, but the NBA, college, basketball, the NHL are in full swing, as is baseball spring training. BetOnline even covers award shows and reality TV. They provide real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it is the best way to place your bets. It's also free to sign up. Just head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up for an account today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. On the Locked On Today podcast here on Friday, Big Ben is back in yellow and black. Is that a good thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. All right, I'm joined now by Scott McLaughlin of WEEI. Uh, I think Scott and I have been following each other on, on Twitter for, for a while now, haven't had the chance to meet. So uh, thanks for, for taking some time to chat today, Scott. No problem. Thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, I usually like to start just asking people kind of their journey into hockey. Uh, how, how did you get involved in hockey and, and covering the Bruins specifically? Can you tell people about that? Sure. Well, I played hockey growing up. I grew up about a half hour north of Boston. Uh, so it was always my favorite or second favorite sport. Nice. Um, ended up going to Boston University for college and hockey's big there. It's the, you know, the biggest team on campus, uh, you know, produces a, a bunch of Bruins players, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I ended up covering hockey there for the student newspaper and, you know, started making some inroads I guess in my career first on the college scene um you know different different gigs around college hockey and then uh kind of transitioned into Bruins from there um covered the 2011 cup run while I was interning for WEI as a senior in college uh so that was really the first time that I got to cover the Bruins extensively uh obviously perfect timing on that (laughs) on my part um and then kind of kept doing it a little bit for a few different sites over the years and then ended up back with WEI full time and have been doing it, uh, you know, usually kind of as like the second in line. We've had we've been fortunate to have some great Bruins writers at WEI over the years. Um, DJ Bean and Ty Anderson worked for us for a while. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Matt Kalman the last couple of years um, and you know, so I've learned a lot from, from all of them. Sarah Sivian wrote for us at one point. Um, and yeah, so now kind of 
I guess, leading the charge because, uh, you know, unfortunately, like a lot of places, we were hit with some some budget cuts during right. COVID. So, uh, you know, a little smaller staff than we've had in the past. But, yeah, so I've been covering the Bruins in, you know, one capacity, one role or another, basically since 2011. Very cool. And the Bruins, uh, they're now, I guess, tonight, Friday night, they'll be playing their 21st game of the season, 12-5-3. I think they're, what, they're – Tied for second in the East in points, uh, tied for second in point percentage. What are your thoughts on the Bruins through the first 20 games of the season? Are they kind of, uh, have they surprised you a bit? Have they not met expectations, disappointed a bit? Uh, What's your take on this team through the first 20 games or so? Yeah, I would say pleasant surprises in some respects on on defense, you know, especially when they were healthy, uh, a lot better than I expected and and better right off the bat like Mm -hmm. solid play pretty much from the jump defensively uh with guys like you know Lozon fitting nicely next to McAvoy Zaboral you know definitely looking like an NHL caliber player even Mm -hmm. now moving up in the lineup recently because of injuries I think he's still looks pretty solid yeah um you know obviously that unit's been hit pretty hard by injuries so you know any team's going to have some struggles once that happens. So we'll see, you know, if they can kind of steady things as they start to get a little healthier, obviously they'll be without lows on for, for basically all this month, but it's like coming back really helps. Uh, And then, you know, up front, I would say a little disappointed. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, how can you not be like they're, you know, bottom third of the league and five and five goals. Like that's, you know, we expected them like that was their weakness last year. And we thought, you know, all right, some guys are going to need to step up. Craig Smith's going to come in and help. And the top line's still been the top line. They've been great. But there still isn't enough of that secondary scoring. And, yep. you know, the obviously the sad case of Andre Kasha, like, who knows, you know, this was going to be his fresh start, right? Like, we see what a fresh start did for Nick Ritchie, one of the, you know, one of the pleasant surprises up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Kasha didn't get that. Gets knocked down the second game of the year. And hasn't played since. So, you know, maybe he, maybe he helps, maybe he helps kind of balance out the lines more or, or steady things, but you you really don't know what you're going to get from him. Uh, you know, Charlie Coyle got off to a slow start. Then just as it looks like he's starting to turn the corner and play better, he right. ends up on the COVID list. Yeah. Um, you know, Krejci banged up. So like injuries are a factor up there too, but in general, I think, you know, we probably all agree like, not good enough five on five offense, whether sure. you're, whether you're of injuries or not. So that's, that's probably been the disappointing part. Uh, and, you know, as a, as a factor in this, you know, little bit of a rut that they've hit over the last couple of weeks, because you get banged up on defense. Well, if you had the offense going, you know, maybe that picks you up now. This is kind of the time of the season where you'd want that offense to be there to pick up you know, a, a banged up defense core. Right. And they just don't, they don't really have it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I totally agree with, with, uh, with what you're saying there. I mean, the huge question coming into the season was, was the defense and you look at it, how they've performed. And I think it's a huge Testament to, to Bruce Cassidy and his staff, the way that the, the defense has not, there hasn't been a big, if, if any, drop off in you know their ability to 
uh, support their goaltenders and uh, keep the opposition at bay. Uh, and yeah, the same, same age old question for this team is, is that secondary scoring and um, yeah, like you mentioned, Nick Ritchie stepped up a bit, but I personally would like to see a bit more from, from Craig Smith, Charlie Coyle, obviously, like you said, was, was getting, getting going there. But one of the big players that a lot of people are talking about these days is, is Jake DeBrusque. He's got one goal. I don't think he has scored at five on five yet this season. Uh, his, his shooting percentage is well below his, his career average. He's only at 3.1 right now. Um, I know you put out a piece this morning talking about the recent trade buzz or maybe, you know, Jake not being as untouchable as, as once was thought. What, what, what are your thoughts on, on Jake DeBrusque and, you know, whether he can get going, if, if there's any trade value there to begin with right now with him in this rut, uh, what are your thoughts on, on DeBrusque at the moment? Yeah. I mean, certainly, you know, Speaking of disappointments, like as, yeah. as big of one as, as any uh, on this team. For sure. And, you know, my, I, I think like as far as trades or whatever, if, if someone's – my take would basically be if someone still values him enough to be like the key piece or a key piece in, you know, in a package for a clear top six forward or a clear top four defenseman, then like, sure. Like, uh, of course I'll include him. Right. But – I don't know that he has a value right now. Like, right. you know, I referenced a, a piece that Flutishan's hour wrote in the athletic where he basically said like, they would have to target a kind of like a like for like swap, like right. our struggling young player for your struggling young <laughs> right. player. Like Vertanen, type thing. Jake Vertanen from Vancouver. That was a, a name that came up kind of the same kind of thing. Uh, right. Yeah. For struggling. Like what? I mean, I think one? DeBrusque has much more value than Vertanen, sure, but yeah, yeah. Like, same kind of idea. Um, but like, I, I wouldn't have much interest in doing that. Like, I don't know. You're trying to make moves that are going to help you win this year. They're going to mm-hmm. improve you this season. So I don't know how, like taking a chance on someone else's struggling player, right? you know, really does that to me. Like, I kind of feel like it, right now, if that's basically where DeBrusque's value has sunk to around the league and obviously we don't know for a fact if it has or hasn't, but if that's where it's at, then it, like, you almost have to just ride this out and hope yeah. either he starts scoring and helps you or starts scoring enough to be an asset in a trade. Um, so, you know, I don't like, I don't think there's much you can do now other than keep working with him, keep, you know, pushing him, what, you know, whatever it takes and hope that he starts to turn it around. Like, obviously we've seen him play really well before. We know what the potential is. It's not right. You know, that hasn't completely gone away. Like you didn't forget how to do all that stuff. Um, but somehow, you know, you've got to get out of him. You've got to find a way to have him get it out of himself um, and hope he gets going here. Fridays on locked on NHL join Joe DiBiase of locked on Sabres and Tom Gazzola of locked on Oilers as they round up the biggest stories of the week in the NHL and get you ready for a busy weekend slate. From breaking down the latest trades to sizing up rivalry matchups on Saturday night, Joe and Tom have every angle of the league covered to close your week. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts.
Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know about you, but I'm not a huge fan of of having him deployed on, on the right side. Uh, you mentioned the injury to Kasha. They have, you know, Nick Ritchie, who's been a surprise, uh, Trent Frederick playing well on the left side. And then, of course, you know, Brad Marchand's not going anywhere. Uh, Anders Bjork needs to be fit in. Uh, do you think that's part of the problem? Just kind of him jumping around a bit, playing his off wing? Um I don't know. Yeah, just trying to think of reasons why he might be struggling. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't help, you know, bouncing around, moving to the other side, whatever. But and I think, like, Bruce Cassie said this much a few days ago or a week ago or something. Like, ultimately, you still have to play well yourself. And, like, right. being on a different wing doesn't mean, like, isn't an excuse for, like, not going hard on the forecheck or not, right, right, right. not, or not getting to the front of the net and battling, you know, in front of the crease like the, you know if it was something where like oh he's you know he's gotten himself like tripped up a couple times on breakouts because he's not yeah, used right. to like the <laughs> offhand or whatever like that's one thing but like just the effort the drive the like going hard being aggressive that shouldn't matter no matter who you're playing with what wing you're on for sure so it might be a factor to some level but it, it definitely doesn't excuse uh as much as he's been struggling yeah yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. Um, I, th- I think you had put out a, another piece this week too about uh, defensive potential trade targets. Like we said earlier, that was a big question coming into the season. Maybe not as big of a question right now, but probably the popular thinking is that the Bruins would benefit from adding uh, a veteran defenseman uh, to shore things up, a top four kind of guy. The big talk has been uh, Matthias Ekholm, and that uh, has been a name that's thrown out there, but that might complicate the Seattle expansion draft since he's under contract for next season. Uh, Talk about what your thoughts are on Ekholm as a trade target and what the options might be uh, beyond him uh, to add on defense. Is it worth looking into doing that, or do you think they're, they're comfortable with the group that they have, especially when fully healthy? Yeah, I, I think they I think they need to make a significant addition, whether it's on defense or up front. I guess, you know, I would probably prioritize up front for all the reasons we just talked about. Right. Uh, you know, with five and five scoring. So, you know, ideally, like I'm getting a surefire second line wing, but if that's not realistic and I can get a top four defenseman, then I'm doing that. Like you know, because like we said earlier, you like the way that your defense is playing. You like how some of these younger guys looked. But, you know, playoff hockey is going to be a different thing. Sure. And let's not forget, like, Jeremy Lozon lost his job last postseason. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, Connor Clifton ended up playing over him. So, yes, he's looked a lot better. But, you know, like that wasn't that long ago. Right. Uh, Zaboral hasn't played an NHL playoff game yet. And as we're seeing right now, you can't have too many good defensemen anyways. Like every year you suffer injuries on defense. You know, the Bruins suffered a couple during their cup run in 2019. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a hard position in the playoffs. Guys are forechecking even harder. Like the, at some point during a playoff run, one of your defensemen is going to get injured, if not two or three. So if you can get a Matias Ackholm or like Hampus Lindholm's another one I mentioned is – basically in the same situation, like a a similar kind of player, a left shot also under contract for next season. So like you said, yes, there's the 
expansion draft concerns, but I, you know, if I can get a player of that caliber, I'll worry about the expansion draft after. Sure. Um, you know, I'm trying to win a cup this season. So uh, I would absolutely be talking to whether it's Nashville, Anaheim, both, you know, they both have forwards that might be worth looking at too. So, yeah. um, you know, but I, I do think that just adding around the edges or just adding depth doesn't feel like it's going to be enough this year for the Bruins. Like they, that's kind of the route they went last year. It wasn't enough. We saw that Tampa did more Tampa improved themselves more than you did at the trade deadline last year. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, you need to be the kind of team that's, that's going for that move. And you're one of the few contenders that has the cap flexibility to do it. So, you know, I feel like it, like it would almost be negligent for Sweeney to, to not take advantage of that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, and there are depth defensemen after that. So if you, you know, if you make your big addition up front, then, you know, maybe you can target one of these depth guys and expiring contract. You know, like I, I mentioned guys like Ryan Murray, Jordy Ben, like mm, right, even right. Mark Stahl, like, you know, I don't know what the cost for those guys are in my mind. It shouldn't be much, but you know, who knows like how the trade market actually plays out, but like those guys are all rentals. So that's not, you know, there's very little commitment there. So even, even something like that, just for the reasons that I said, like you want extra defensemen around, like, I don't, you don't want, I don't think you want to be in a situation where you're playing Jared Tenorti in playoff. Games. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or even John Moore, who just, you know, whatever they ever saw in John Moore, like, it's not there anymore. Yeah. You see how much he struggled when he's gotten in this season. I'm not banking on him for anything. So yeah, like that contract stinks and you don't want to just have that money sitting on your bench, but you know, too bad. I'm also not going to give him playing time right. just because yeah. of what he's getting paid. Yeah, for sure. I think part of the reason too, that they might swing big, not only like you said, they have the cap space to do so, but uh, the uncertain futures regarding David Krejci and Tuka Rask and even, I guess, Yaroslav Halak, both or all three will be unrestricted free agents. Um, there was that report from Bob McKenzie the other night saying the Bruins are hopeful to initiate talks with uh, Rask and or Halak and try to work on some extensions. I'm more comfortable or yeah, more comfortable saying that they're probably going to be back, at least one of them. Uh, Krejci, I'm becoming more and more uh, uncertain about his future with the Bruins. Uh, do you think, A, that that he'll be back, and B, that if they're planning not to bring him back, that that would kind of make Sweeney a bit more active at the deadline just to maximize having him in the lineup this season? Yeah, I think it should. I, you know, I think – having that uncertainty around key pieces um, should make you want to go for it more. Cause if you end up not bringing Krejci back now, you know, you're looking for your next number two center, whether from within or without, but like, you know, it's not like that's an easy spot to fill. No. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Coyle has looked best suited to a number three center job. Yeah. Stanika, we'll see. We'll see how he does it this season. Obviously, he's forced his way into the lineup at center. And yeah, uh, Cassidy said he's going to stay there even when all their centers are healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, can he force his way all the way up to second line by next season? It's a lot to ask. Yeah. Um, 
or, you know, or you go out to the market and try to find, uh, you know, a younger number two center and that's not going to be cheap. So, so while you have that in Krejci and, you know, I know he's struggled a little bit at times this season too, but I think you, you expect him to pick it up and then you expect playoff Krejci to be back once you get to the postseason. Uh, yeah, you, you should, it should, uh, be a little extra motivation for you to to go for it this year for sure yeah i don't know i'm i'm kind of dreaming about uh a scenario and it's possible i think where they could add like a taylor hall and a matthias ekholm just with the cap space that they'll have open um and yeah that would be that would be kind of a dream scenario uh for me at the trade deadline is to add one or both of those guys and I wouldn't yeah. be opposed to even looking at um, Detroit and bringing in a Bobby Ryan type guy as well. Who, who's yeah, for sure. Really cheap contract. Uh, I would have liked to have seen them make a run at him in the off season, but maybe they can bring him in here uh, before the deadline guys like that. Yeah. Just impact guys who are hungry. Um, yeah. Why not go for it while, while you have these core guys still, still here at least. Yeah. Like there are, like you mentioned, like that there's, rentals you can add that will help you up front and you you mentioned hall and ryan kyle palmieri's a rental as yeah. well yeah always there's always been runs target right and you know i know there's been there seemed to be some talk that like the devils are trying to extend them but you know that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to and if they get to the deadline and they don't think they're particularly close like i would imagine they'd want to get something for them yeah for sure um you know or, you know, they could end up resigning him last minute. Like we saw that last year with the Rangers and Chris cried. Yeah, right, yeah. Everyone thought, you know, obviously he's going to be on the move and then they end up locking him up. And that's a, that's working out really well for them this year. Cause he's mm, yeah. a good season, but yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so there, there's rental options up front. There's, uh, you know, guys under contract, like if, speaking of Nashville, like if they make Philip Forsberg mm. available, you know, yeah. I don't, I know his name's popped up a little bit. Like, you know, who knows? Obviously, he'd probably go right to the top of the list in terms of forward targets if he is available. But all those rental options, I think, help you too. But when I was looking at this the other day, Bobby Ryan has more five-on-five goals this season than every Bruin other than Brad Marchand and David Poskin. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. So, like, yes, please. Yeah, definitely. And he's only, yeah, he's making what a million dollars. Yeah. So prorated over the rest of the season, seems like a no brainer to, to bring a guy like that. in, especially if there is ongoing uncertainty regarding uh, Kasha's availability through the, through the season and into the playoffs. Yeah. Well, Scott, uh, I can't thank you enough for, for taking some time to chat. And uh, before I let you go, I'd like to ask people kind of what's keeping them busy apart from hockey. Do you have any, kind of uh, show recommendations that you could pass along or anything that you're yeah, watching on Netflix or, or elsewhere these days that's uh, keeping you busy? Uh, yeah. Well, so I just finished WandaVision this morning. Oh, I watched, yeah. watched the I, final episode uh, before I started work. So nice. yeah, loved that. Great season. Yep. Um, let's see. What else have I watched? I've been watching a lot. So like basically entire this entire quarantine, one of my projects has been watching as many old movies as I can. Oh, nice. Because like, like 
so like i'm like a huge movie guy every year like i try to see like everything that's nominated for every award okay okay uh i've greatly missed going to the movies something like i usually would do once or twice a week right um but like my basically like if you get back to like pre-90s the number of movies i had seen like kind of drops way down (laughs) right i mean i wasn't alive so like (laughs) you know so a lot of classics that i'd never seen and stuff so i've been so that's been one of my big projects is just watching like a bunch of those and i've probably i don't know i've definitely watched well over a hundred like classic movies since you know in basically a full year now so Any, any standouts uh yeah, I mean, a bunch of old Western. The other, the other night I watched uh, the old Western Shane for the first time, which is an absolute classic. And I had not realized uh, the movie Logan in the X-Men series like borrows from that and quotes oh. it directly. So, yeah, there's like a, there's a speech in there where like as soon as I heard it, I was like, wait a second. Yeah, that's by, um, that's by far my favorite X Men movie for sure. So yeah, that's a good, oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like any basically like any Western directed by John Ford, like uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance is incredible. Right, right, right. Watched I've watched like a handful of like Kurosawa movies, which I'd never seen any of them before. Okay, so you know, like Seven Samurai. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically. I think I'm so like I've kind of loosely been going through like the AFI top 100. Oh yeah, okay. And I've got like 90 of them now. So, oh wow. Yeah. Speaking but, of westerns, I I've been talking on the podcast a lot about uh, Yellowstone. I've been huge into that show. I've not watched Yellowstone, but I keep hearing good things about it's very it. Very good. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, three seasons so far, and I've I've only got two left to catch up on. I'm gonna be eagerly waiting for the rest uh it is really good it's very good i highly recommend it for sure yeah i definitely have to check that out because yeah. like i love the like taylor sheridan's movies that he's written like mm-hmm. wind river and sicario hell yeah, or high yeah, water yeah. so yeah yeah it's definitely uh definitely worth checking out well again scott thanks so much for for taking some time where can people find you on uh twitter and where can people find your your bruins coverage yeah so twitter is at s mclaughlin nine and uh bruins coverage is on weei.com so yeah those two places perfect thanks thanks for having me ian yeah no problem thanks a lot and uh yeah hopefully the bruins can win here tonight and on sunday and get some get some good momentum going here